Hey there, welcome to Nice Work, podcast of the Super Nice Club. I'm really glad you're listening. Today we have uh, two really great humans. Rosalind Chow and her husband, Simon Templeman, are the guests. Rosalind, I don't care how little you watch the screen, you've probably seen her in something. She has over 130 acting credits. Some of the highlights uh, are shows like MASH, when she was just a kid, to Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Joy Luck Club, The Neighbors, The OA, The OC, and, and on and on. Her most recent film is Disney's incredible live action Mulan, in which she plays Mulan's mother, who dies in the end. Her husband, Simon, he's also an actor, and he has over 100 credits. But he's, he's different. He's a thespian. You know, he's, he's worked alongside Patrick Stewart in the Royal Shakespeare Company. He's like a real actor. He plays it cool. But he knows he's special. Royal Shakespeare Company. I think I said that right. Yeah, that says it all. Which is why it's kind of awesome and unexpected that he's also super well known for the video game characters he's played over the years. Uh, games like Mass Effect, Legacy of Kain, Dragon Age, Blood Omen, World of Warcraft, Donkey Kong. These are all huge hits that wouldn't have been the same without his aggressively intimidating pipes. And he's also he was also in Star Trek Next Generation, which which uh, I, I'm just going to have to rewatch that from the beginning as soon as I'm done recording this intro. That is an awesome television show. Anyway, point is, these two are successful actors, and they've been successfully married for 30 years, and that is super nice. kind of wanted to figure out the secret to their success as actors and as life partners, so that's what we talk about. Or at least that's what I set out to talk about with them. What we really talked about, you're just going to have to take a listen, find out. Rosalind Simon, thank you so much for talking to me today. Really appreciate it. Welcome to Nice Work. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to be here. So I'm just going to jump right into it and start asking you guys questions. What do you think about that? And then you can answer them, and then it'll be over, and we'll have a podcast. Okay. That's kind of how it works. Awesome. All right. So, <laughs> Roz, explain something to me real quick. I was looking at your I – was, I was doing a little bit of research, stalking you online a little bit. And it says that you were born in Southern California, yeah. Orange County, and then you grew up here, but then you got sent to Taiwan to learn acting? Yeah, right? so much is wrong on on the internet. It's all okay. over no. The so yes, <laughs> surprise, surprise. But just for summers, during the summer, sometimes my parents would send me to Taiwan to learn Peking opera because that was their love, and they wanted me to learn how to speak Mandarin. And of course, I didn't do either very well. <laughs> but so yes, but I grew up in Southern California. So you didn't go to Taiwan to live there. You just went for summers, you said. Yes, I just went for summer vacation. Was acting your first love or journalism, was it, in college at USC? No, acting found me. I was found at my parents' restaurant, and somebody put me in commercials. It's all very boring, to be honest. But I started acting, you know, got kind of big breaks through high school and uh, college. And I just 
I, I gave into it basically. <laughs> but in the meantime, I was, you know, performing in Peking opera here too. My parents had a Peking opera company in Los Angeles. And so I performed there as well as doing commercials and guest shots on TV. So your parents had a restaurant and a Peking opera company? <laughs> yeah. Was it was it the same thing? Was it one of those big theme restaurants like in Vegas with the nights and stuff? Just opera? They, they were just following their passion. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Were they doing them concurrently? Yeah, kind of. I mean, they had to make a living, so they were... Well, for them, wasn't it? Because they... They, they left China behind and then it sort of, they slammed the door shut after they left. So it was a way of keeping, you know, their past with them, you know, that they loved mm -hmm. opera, they were passionate about it. So it was a way of keeping that alive because they're, you know, they were cut off from their past. They couldn't go back to China. Um, I love that. They were great people. Simon, you were born in England, it sounds oh. like, right? I'm pretty good with accents. Yes. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, when did when did you make it over to the states? What was your what was your journey to LA like? Uh, I came out in '86. I was doing a play at the Amundsen, and that's that's where I met Ross. He was doing Nicholas Nickleby. I don't know if you were around when that came out. It came. <laughs> he was with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Okay. We did a tour and um, we did LA and we did New York. So they um, were at the Amundsen, and I was at the Taper doing a play, and we met that way. In the ah. bar downstairs. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were. You know, so it, I said it for you. It sounds tacky. <laughs> it was tacky. No, it's kind of great. What was the pickup line? What was the? Do you guys remember the line? The first, like pickup line. No, yeah. his his older roommate actually. I think yeah, my older roommate hit on you, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He, so he he, he did all the heavy lifting, and I you know. And I was. Talking, he made me look good. I was talking to my friends and and. I was like, oh, here comes that old guy again. <laughs> and the old guy would come over and, ooh, hello. And he turned out to be very sweet. And then Simon would kind of lurk. And, <laughs> and he did that for like two months. <laughs> what? I don't think that was lurking. It was a little bit of lurk. Was it? Oh. Yeah. And then, I, but I had no idea Simon was English at the time. And all the other women in my cast were so excited when they saw the flags that said the Royal Shakespeare Company are coming. You know how the uh, music center has that row of flags if you uh -huh. walk through? And everybody was so excited. I was like, I'm not that attracted to Englishmen, so whatever. And uh, I met Simon, and he was like this guy in a Hawaiian shirt with long hair who was kind of following the old guy with the English accent around. So... I didn't really realize he was one of the actors until our play closed. We got free tickets to Nicholas Nickleby. It was a whole, it was a big deal when it came out here. And um, I remember I had an instinct that we were going to end up out together somehow. There you go. <laughs> so you ended up with, with a lurker in the Hawaiian shirt in the long yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dreams come true. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked when he had an English accent. I was like, yeah. ugh, he's one of the... Fans. Did you stick around, Simon, or did you go back? Uh, uh, was it pretty much, I'm in, I'm staying? I think you came out here and waited for me for a bit. Yeah, I came back to L.A., and then we sort of went backwards and forwards for about three years from England to, to Los Angeles, and then we got married up in 89. We've been married Excellent. a long time. 
Yeah. Well, well done, you guys. Congratulations. I assumed wrongly, or I was just kind of guessing when I was looking at uh, both of your body of work, which is extensive, and I was looking for the overlaps, and I saw Star Trek Next Generation. Like, oh, they were both on Next Generation. I wonder if that's how they met. Like, did they meet, you know, uh, on the on the deck, the observation, you know? Did they meet <laughs> somewhere on the ship, on the... How did that happen? I was going to ask you about it, but now that's all gone okay. because yeah. we already knew each I other. I'll tell you how it happened because Simon's a little modest. But, you know, Simon had been with the Royal Shakespeare Company for years and had played Patrick Stewart's son. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And so Patrick <sighs> called, it. was it Julius Caesar or? No, he was, um, he, he got my SAG, I mean, my SAG card, which was very sweet. Yeah, so Patrick called him up and said, we're doing this scene that we did uh, at the RSC it's in Stratford, and do you want to come do it? And and you can get your SAG card that way. They were teaching Data how to do Shakespeare, I think. It was, um, there's a scene where Data plays Henry V, plays how. I remember that. There you go. So, I was a big Next Generation nerd. Like, okay. I'll just I'll own that right now. Okay, so then I'll tell you. And when I was visiting Simon in England, at one point, um, they called me for the screen test to screen test for the Next Generation. And I still remember I was in Simon's little apartment, and I was on the phone, and I was like, and I was falling in love with him. I was madly in love with him, and so I said no, I'm not going, I'm not flying back for the screen test. That's Star Trek. It's been done. It's over. Um, so I didn't never flew back for the screen test, but separate from us, they didn't know we were together. And later oh. my role became a recurring, they wrote a role that was recurring. And so if, if, if Rose gives you career advice, Todd, I would go in the opposite direction. Yeah. I, Okay. I give very bad career Just advice. In case. <laughs> At one point, yeah. yeah. When he saw how the regulars lived, when Simon saw, like we were going to Christmas parties and whatnot, having tea at Patrick's, Simon turned to me and said, you are never giving me career advice. <laughs> <laughs> but you did, you did Next Generation and you did Deep Space Nine all together like eight or nine seasons, right? So it kind of worked out. No, well, I did... Is that how many seasons I did? I'm just looking at Wikipedia. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. probably was. But, you know, I never committed to them. I'm a commitment phobic in general. I mean, I definitely, it's a problem. It's not healthy. I think uh, Deep Space Nine, I didn't sign on as a regular. So I still didn't get the places that they have Christmas parties at. <laughs> but you're right, Todd. If, if, if she did been if she'd signed up for that, you, there were lots of things that you wouldn't have been able to yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like Joy Luck Club, stuff like that. So, you know, you, this yeah. way you had your freedom and you could that's true. do other things yeah. too. Yeah, and so I could raise my good. kids and be there for all the small moments and the big moments. So at that point, you're both busy, relatively successful actors, and you're starting a new relationship. Did, do you, is it a thing with actors? Do they tend to date other actors a lot? Or is that just something you see in the tabloids in the, in the supermarket? You did. You didn't but do I that did. I, I, yeah. But what no. do you think in general in, in LA, in the industry? Is it easier, do you think, to be with someone who understands the acting grind? Gosh, I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's both. I think it's, it's good to have somebody who understands the sort of obsessive quality of it. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it, it, it makes a lot of demands on you personally, probably. 
that that could set up a conflict. So, I mean, it's good and bad. I think you just have to find a way of kind of negotiating and yeah. maneuvering around it, right? And plus, we, uh, I probably shouldn't be the person saying this, but we're not very, we're not, how do I put this? We're not, you wouldn't know we were actors <laughs> if you met us. Yeah, Is that the uh, best way to put it? Yeah, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Well, how would you know? How do you know when you when somebody's an actor? Are they are they very thespiany or? We're not very thespiany. <laughs> Some people are. I mean, you know. You're more thespiany. Well, he's Royal Shakespeare Company. I mean, that's as thespian as they get. I have been to Stratford, by the way. I actually got stranded there. Do you remember some years ago when the uh, Mount Rekachikalakazikalzik uh, went I up? Yes, in yes. Iceland, yeah, I think I pronounced that correctly. By the way, because it's really yes. hard, it's a Very tough accurate. pronunciation. Yes. So everything in Europe got shut down, and uh, my wife at the time was uh, seven and a half months pregnant. Oh. So another two weeks, and she can't fly back anywhere. So Stratford was amazing. Well, we had friends there, but the neighbors, then the neighbors across the street, they all offered their flats. No. You know, if we got stuck. And then a woman from New York called. She said, you know, my parents had an estate in Stratford, this big, beautiful place. They passed away some months ago. Nobody's there. If you guys get stuck there, you can just be there. What? You don't have to pay any rent. And it's this magnificent place, just a little bit out of town. We were just mind blown at how amazingly helpful everybody was in that town. So special, special place in my heart uh, for Stratford. So how long were you there for? Ended up being there a couple of weeks. Okay. What year was that? Uh, that would have been, let's see, when was Archer born? Or, <laughs> testing the knowledge of my children. He was born in 2010, June. So that would have been, yeah, 2010. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Um, went, went all around. Went all around to that town. And uh, Did you go by to the way, there's a farmer's market in Stratford that has been going on weekly for something like 600 years <laughs> or 400 years the sign said and i just thought about all the farmers market in the states that are so that are bragging about like celebrating their 10th year i'm yeah. like yeah yeah there's one that's been going on for centuries <laughs> over in england <laughs> kind did of you, a whole next did, level did duck wait what's what? that oh. i think it's called black swan now the it? black yeah. swan the yeah. pub i think it was called the dirty when when we were there the dirty duck they the changed dirty, yeah. Officially, yeah. But. Oh, did they? Yeah, we did. Definitely did go there. There was a uh, 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 a mate of our friends was uh, in the RSC, so he took us around. Oh, yeah. it's the country. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely loved it. Yeah, um, not not fascinating conversation for podcast listeners, but seriously, <laughs> if you, you can, can get to England uh, and you can get to Stratford upon Avon, it's it's absolutely worth it even without the, the whole tourist thing around shakespeare the rest of the town is awesome yeah yeah so back to star trek for just a second first i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it star trek is better than star wars if you're listening and you disagree suck it you know I, that's not super nice agree or disagree you guys i i i to be honest i'm not into either so. great neutral answer simon um i like them both there's oh, there's the difference between the two. Ah, that's great. <laughs> oh, gonna, really? I'm Let me gonna, ask you some questions about gonna, Star Trek. I'm and not going to split that baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and for me, it's really, and we'll go back to this, it's 
Patrick Stewart has made that has made that uh, franchise yeah. right. a whole different level. The the, I mean, the gravitas and the quality that he brings and delivers. Yeah. You know, did he bring his game face every day, or was he re- the relaxed sort of jovial Patrick Stewart we see in in his funny YouTube videos? He's fun. He was, yeah. But when you're working, yeah, he's serious. And when he was directing, he was very serious. But, I, you know, I was joking, right? I did actually love working on The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Their scripts, I have to be honest with you, sometimes I would read their scripts. I couldn't believe, they were so inventive. I, I've never laughed as hard as I have on some of those sets. They're, they were all real cut-ups. Patrick, Brent, they were all hilarious. So half the time where you see us jiggling, or you know, doing something because there's some outside force. Right, right. Are, we were cutting up afterwards or beforehand. Okay, so I'm going to probably get you guys in trouble. Uh, have you watched Picard yet? Oh, I'm dying to. Okay. I, but we don't have CBS access. We're very, we're cheap. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I am too. I don't have CBS access. And I'm just going to be honest, I've, I've watched it. Totally watched it. I did. Yeah. Oh, you did? Wow. I did. I know it's wrong. It's wrong, but I watched it. My my love for Patrick Stewart outstripped my uh, sense of of decency. I'll, I'll make it up somewhere. It's great. Actually, I've worked with a girl. Um, I just blanked out on her name, but the the whole cast is incredible. It is. It's a well acted show. I love it. I saw Simon that that you were in the film Don King only in America. So I've got to ask, is that where you met our second guest on this podcast, Cario Salem, or did you already know him? I did actually know Cario at the point because you'd worked with Cario. Um, I worked with him. Shortly after we got married, right? No, no, we were dating. We were dating. Uh, I, I, no, we oh. weren't dating yet. I had just met Simon when I worked with Cario. But that's not how you, I don't think Cario knew you were in it until after you'd shot it. Am I right? Maybe, yeah. yeah. He wasn't in the room, though. So. Oh, so it's sort of a coincidence then, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So you already knew him. Yeah. He writes Don King Only in America, and then your man acts in it. We had no idea he was... You know, when I we get together with Carol, we really don't talk shop. We talk mm-hmm. everything but shop. A lot of politics. Yeah. We talk a lot of politics with Carrio. Carrio, are you listening? <laughs> you better be, buddy. He's one of the smartest, one of the most supportive friends. Uh, he's one of the smartest people I know. He's he's an incredible human. Little uh, little shout out to Carrio and Dana. Love you guys. <laughs> we do. Simon, I want to ask you for a second about video games. Oh yeah. Because you've done something like forty of them. Uh, but, yeah, I do a bunch, yeah. Yeah, but starting way back with one, uh, when I used to play video games, Star Wars TIE Fighter, okay. back in 1994. So you're like an original game actor. What was it like back then, and, and how has it evolved? Um, what are you cracking up about? I'm no, I remember, because I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge on games. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but well, I'm thinking more well. like... Back then, in 1994, um, acting in a video game has got to be different than than today, you know. And what does that actually mean when well, you when you get credit for being in a video game? Can you explain that? San Francisco, and we, I was in this booth for about 
two or three days with a, you know, this sort of pile of scripts and just talking for like two or three days because I think everything was explained and, you know, but, and now it's much quicker and simpler and um, sometimes you're even in the room with the other actors, which is always nice, or they'll, they'll read in the line that before you set feels a, a little bit more like acting rather than doing like a book on tape. And right. I think that's, I mean, originally that it, it felt more like doing a book on tape. And but, also you've done stuff before where they put you in black spandex and dots all oh, over the your motion body, capture right? stuff. Yeah. That's Oh, with stuff. like the ping pong ball things stuck yeah. all over your body. Yeah, all over your face. and everything. Oh. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Look, so you do a lot of video game work. And a lot of these are ongoing series, is that right? And they just, so they just keep coming back up every few years? They seem to, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they, they do come back. But um, they take a long time to make now, like two or three years, right? I mean, and, I mean the money involved is, is similar to movies and stuff because mm-hmm. it's so popular. Honestly, there have been times where he's been, um, we've been someplace and somebody hears his voice and they're like, oh, are you such and such so you know that they've been playing how good the star lord or whatever the character name is yeah Yeah. Yeah. really so you've been recognized by voice (laughs) yeah i I remember doing something once and i was doing like a reading of a play and then somebody they i got a message from the stage manager saying there's somebody would like to meet you afterwards he's called the dark lord (laughs) i thought well how can you turn down the dark lord so I, I think he was a, a gamer. So I met the Dark Lord after this thing. So yeah, you get to meet the most interesting people. Not bad. Do you play any of the games? No. It was forbid, forbidden. Yeah, we wouldn't house. let our kids play them. I know. Talk about wait, you. wait, in the house or, or from the, the game, the game company? Um, well, not necessarily those games, but we were not on the video game train, I guess. Another mom and another family and we agreed that we would both keep our kids off video games um, for as long as possible. So we sort of joined forces and um, they did sports instead, but then uh, the other kid bailed and went for the video game thing, of course. And by that time, my son was like, yeah, but now I'm terrible at it. So I'm not going to do it. So sounds like a Waldorf family. I, I know it felt like we weren't though. <laughs> my my oldest Justice went to water school for ten years, so he sucks at video games now. Sorry, yeah. Justice, you know it is. I I can beat you at every game. But your kids, you have two kids, right? Yeah. Roland William and uh, Ime. Can you tell me? Did I get it right? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. What's it like for them? Do you know growing up in an acting family? But you're not actors. You're actors who don't act like actors. So, uh-huh. is it? Does <laughs> you think it has any impact on them, in a way? The only impact it had on my son is I think he felt like um, because work was transitory and you never knew when we would have to pick up and take off and Simon or he would just be with me or he I remember him saying I want a job someday I couldn't do that where you have to keep applying for work I want a job someday that's a regular job where I go to office and I know where I'm going every day. So yeah, we scared him straight. Yeah, he's in August. <laughs> he, he's, he's what's little, he doing? 
He's at law school. He just graduated from law school. Oh, he is. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so he's going to get out there and, and uh, lawyer. The he's going to lawyer up. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's not going to be an acting dynasty like the, <laughs> the Red Graves, or the, you know, it starts and yeah. stops with us. That's well, it. you see a lot of that, which is why I was asking. You see a lot of your families, the kids are acting, or maybe it's just sort of, you know, you only see what percolates and that's actually one out of every hundred, right? It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. So because you guys have this effectively the same job, does it ever get competitive? Do you, do you spur each other on to do more or be better? Or are your approaches wildly different when it comes to acting? I don't feel, do you feel competitive with me? No. I don't feel competitive with him. The one thing is I can't act with him. I mean, okay. I, can't, I, I could if I was being paid to. And I did, what, uh, Simon did a show called The Neighbors and they needed me to oh, yeah. step in. And I did do that. But other than that, like if I ever have to rehearse something, that is a surefire way to get us in a fight is if he helps we me. We did audition lines. something together once. And once, they, yeah. they said we didn't have any chemistry. It was for James Lapine, the theater director. <laughs> mm -hmm. and he kicked Simon out. He said, get out, get out. And then after Simon left, he's like, you, you, had no, you two had no chemistry. Wow. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> wow. You're like, actually, let me tell you a little something. I've got stories. I think I said, actually, I've got a baby outside that proves yeah. that you have chemistry. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what about other couples who act? You must have friends with similar setups. Do you guys ever compare notes as couples, sort of, you know, talking about common acting couple relationship struggles or anything like that? Or am I just making this up? We don't have a lot of friends who are actors. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't talk about acting. Do we talk? You're about crushing all my sort of. A lot of our friends preconceived are, notions I had on on acting in LA. I thought everybody just hung out together. Well, most of our friends are writers. We do have a lot of writer friends. Almost, geez. Yeah, most of our friends. Yeah, are most of yeah. our friends are members of the Writers Guild. Okay. I don't know why that is, but. And one or two used to be actors and then became writers. Cario. Yeah. Cario's a brilliant actor. I just want mm -hmm. to know. And, you know, I used to lecture him all the time because I thought it was a crying shame that he didn't um, still appear on screen. But, you know, he, and this is from uh, Nice Work Episode 2, everybody, which you can listen to for continuity after you're done with this one. Uh, he followed his passion. You know, yes. He didn't have that strong, strong, strong. He had the ability and the talent for miles, but what he really wanted to do was play music, yep. right? And write. And so he's, he's done that. And I think that must be frustrating to people when they see someone with so much talent. I know. He's hogging you know? it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, he's just going to keep that talent for himself and pour it out in his music and, and in his writing, which yeah. are both amazing. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I just thought I had this sort of idea that there were probably like specialized counselors for acting families, you know, <laughs> counselors who hopefully aren't actors, right? Um, the only thing that does happen that the good is that if we ever have a disappointment or go through mm -hmm. something, we're good at sort of talking each other through it. And we know each other's 
foible, Simon knows that I tend to self-sabotage and say no to things before I really think them through. And Simon's really good about pushing me out the door. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you, yeah, I, I'd rather stay home and you. Uh, no, I'd rather stay home. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, go out. Go out and lick your lips, smile, do your best. Stop being grumpy, what get the job. What he used to say to me is I'd say, oh, but I want to, I want to go to, you know, the whatever fair, the, the Halloween carnival at, at the school. And Simon would say, you're an actor, go act. A plumber plums and fixes pipes. You're an actor, go act. And I think I would say the same to him, but not quite as eloquently. Yes. Speaking of work, plumbing, everything, we're all, this is, not a perfect segue, but I'm going with it. Work has been a, a big, big hurdle for a lot of us since COVID, right? right. And I, I heard that nine, I think 900,000 industry people are out of work here in LA alone, which is a boggling, a boggling number. What has COVID done to film and TV for you guys? Are you just, is anything moving? And Simon, you're, is, are video games still moving forward? Something just before it all shut down, but I, I think, I don't think they're able to, maybe that's something they can start up uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks maybe, um, because, you know, you can isolate in those situations. I mean, mm -hmm. providing the director and the engineer are socially distant, it's probably all right. The talent's usually just in the booth. Yeah, I did one of three or four, yeah, just before it shut down, um, but, and I, I haven't, I'm not geared up to do it from home. Some people have a whole kind of professional studio set up, which is probably right. a good thing to have. Like you've got there. Yeah. I mean, look, can you see? I know. Well, we you should... guys can see the toilet, right? Yeah. It's amazing. You too, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I'll help you set, I'll help you do a loo conversion. Yeah. It'll be a potty cast. It'll, it'll be great. Yeah. Nice. Double duty. That's yeah. awful. Don't get confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you what am I here for? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing is that you guys are both kind of idling right now. Well, we of are. I mean, we had. You're, you're about to start something, you hope, which is. Yeah, I think I'm supposed to start something, but I'm not sure the exact date. But also, just prior to us closing down, we were at the Mulan premiere, which is was supposed to come out, um, the new Mulan. And then, I mean, we were hugging and, and you know, signing autographs for strangers. I mean, I think right. we derailed, but, um, and then the sh we shut down with COVID. That was on the like Monday was the premiere and then they shut down like on the Thursday or Friday. Or Thursday, yeah. 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 So um, we, by the grace of God, didn't, get anything mm -hmm. at that point but yeah let me um, do the same thing hold on there we go yeah right you better not to yeah okay. he's not very superstitious but uh, I mean, <laughs> um so yeah there was a lot there were a lot of things hopping at the time um mm -hmm. and now we don't know i think mulan is still scheduled as of this point i don't know when your thing is going to air but at the end of july i saw that late july i think the 29th uh, is when Mulan is scheduled to come out. So you are in that. That's the live action version, everyone, by the way, not an animated no, uh, follow-up or something. Fantastic. And, fantastic. What, is it fantastic? 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, now he's, it's, okay. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Okay. This Thank is the moment where we never know. She's, she's wonderful. I'm rolling Sorry. my eyes, just Sorry. so you know. I'm rolling what's, my What's your role? What's your role in, in Mulan? Uh, Mulan's mom. Um, so I'm one of the few Disney moms that lives. <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, everybody. Go back. She didn't. She was kidding. <laughs> oh, that's great. And it, so it got canceled. And I know it, all the films are right now just they don't know what to do. Do you know if there's a backup plan? Are they thinking about maybe going uh, the whole video, direct to video route? You mean for the movie? For Mulan. I'm about to do. Oh, uh, for Mulan, I, I, I don't. Th I think they're banking on the theaters opening up. Is at this point, is what I'm told. But I don't know if I'm told. It, I don't know how up to date my information is. And what are you working on? Can you talk about that at all? What you were? What's next for you? I've got another film that's going to come out, and now I don't know when that's coming out. Called The Starling. And that's with Melissa McCarthy. But um, and we finished it. We haven't done um, ADR on it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this other film. Um, I don't want. I'm so afraid of jinxing it because it's a really great thing that I'm very excited about. But it's an independent film, and I just don't want to jinx. Don't it. jinx it. No, it's just great to know you're working on a great independent film. And when that happens, we'll know what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah don't jinx it. No. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be responsible for that. Simon, what about you? What's next? Um, do you know, I don't think I've, I, I've, I've got nothing in the pipeline. Um, I just did something on, uh, oh, this is a bit Star Trek, either Orville, you know, uh, Seth MacFarlane's show. Yeah. Um, I spent, you know, like a week in latex. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and he's amazing because he's, you know, he, he does everything. Uh, he seems to write it, direct it, star in it. Uh, producer it's um yeah he's amazing so that was fun i think that's i don't know when it's coming out but we shot that we never watch ago. ourselves by the way so we really don't know when anything's coming out. yeah <laughs> is that out of just there's a, a level of embarrassment or being too busy or just over it because you were so you were so deep in it for a while you just don't want to look at it right now why don't we watch ourselves i think because we're for me I like to imagine myself being better than I am. I'm always kind of just, I think I, I'm happy. I'm happier not knowing. Ignorance <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is bliss. Yeah. What about you? Why don't you watch? Um, I'd rather not watch. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... our, um, uh, our recordings uh, mm -hmm. are filled with stuff that we're in that we don't see. That we <laughs> <see>. <laughs> never, never turned it on. Maybe someday you'll have a marathon. <laughs> oh, God, no. Just get into some sort of deep depression. Yeah, I would need um, deep after that. Could you guys see, just sort of a random question, but I'm curious, since I've just moved here, could you see living anywhere other than Los Angeles? Yeah, all the time, every day, I imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Easily. Yeah. Okay, tell me where. I'm looking for, I'm looking for like five years out. So tell me what's what's hot for you guys. Or for you. For oh, uh, Sandra and I are always kind of like, well, what's next? You know, Go. we're here now, but what's next? New Whoa. Zealand, Taiwan, um, France. Yeah, they're all beautiful options. I don't know. We we never worked yeah. there. Maybe New Zealand, but um, England. You know. Yeah, Russ, I, I, Russ did a play in England about a couple of years ago at the National, and. Mm -hmm. uh, 
That was that was great. You he really it. pushed me out the door for that one. That one, I was, yeah. He he really gave me the courage to do it. Whereas, well, it's it's good to, isn't it? I mean, one's always looking for a new challenge, aren't you? As a, as an actor, as any kind of creative person, you're always trying to find something which scares you, which you haven't yeah. done before. So um, the fact that this opportunity came up for you, um, and you know, you were playing uh, an English person i mean in this play with you know surrounded by a bunch of brits which is Ooh. a little intimidating you know? absolutely um it was good for our marriage though because i learned that a lot of the idiosyncrasies that i thought were idiosyncrasies that just my habits but were, it's a, it's were national... actually uh, you know cultural yeah so um i was able to you know adapt I learned how to adapt to those in, you know, my five months in London. So that was good. But also if I hadn't been with an actor, to be honest, if I wasn't mm -hmm. to an actor, I don't know that somebody would have been able to word it in a way that mm, would have convinced me to go to London to do this. I, I was terrified. Well, also be, both being actors, you have a certain amount of flexibility, you know, so that if, I mean, because Ross was, able to go to London for, what was it, four or five months. Um, I mean, we could, you know, it's not like I had to, I had an office job that I had to go to every day. My our daughter was- uh, Getting ready for college. Was getting ready for college. So, you know, you can do like swing shifts, you know, you can take yeah. it in turns. Um, so that that's one huge plus about both being in the same business and we never work at the same time so yeah, when simon did his series i didn't work um and somebody's parenting yeah, yeah. somebody's yeah. always yeah of course yeah and i think it's almost subconscious isn't it if you know that somebody else is busy you kind of say no you, know, to you pull back or you know i mean you do what you got to do to make the situation work so right yeah that's well, that's great that's that's a supportive family is what it is, right? It's just the the actor style. It's been working since what did you say? Married nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, eighty nine. So you guys thirty one years. Wow. Yeah. I know. Coming up June twenty fifth. He he stole me from the cradle. <laughs> June twenty fifth. Congrats. I was just gonna say I think my my two sons were born on June twenty fifth, but no, June twenty sixth. I was getting confused. Yeah, two years apart, same day. So really? we do a thing. What's that? Months. What happened 10 months before that? June, May. Oh, yes. When you just have sex once a year, <laughs> your kids are born on the same day. It's not even, a, it's not that, it's not that much of a coincidence at all. Yeah. You know, long into the marriage, it's down to once a year. That's kind of when the kids are born, you know? Oh, it's June 26th. Going to be a kid. Yeah. Kind of true. But anyway, enough about my personal life. La, 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 la. <laughs> so we do a thing called the Super Nice Club Challenge with each episode. And what that is, is you guys get to issue a challenge to the members of the Super Nice Club. Something that they can do to try to make the world a little bit nicer. Some kind of niceness habit. Some examples have been people just go check in on your neighbor, right? Because of COVID. Uh, others are more activist oriented. So if you have anything, now is the time to put it out there to the Super Nice Club. I mean, there's the obvious, like you said, check on your neighbors, you know, maybe perhaps bake for friends if they're not COVID worried and 
give to Black Lives Matter and whatever mm -hmm. charity right now is in most need. The food bank, LA Food Bank is the other. But on top of that, I think anytime you have a chance to sort of greet somebody in a positive way, if you're out on a walk and you don't know who's really hurting and feeling lonely. And if you can somehow reach out to people, I think um, in any small way, uh, it sounds so corny. Oh, I wish. It doesn't though, because we've all been on both sides of that. We've all been in a funky mood and then some random stranger just smiles and yes. says hi. And they're not picking up on you or something. It's just a friendly outreach, human to human. And it reminds you, oh, there's connection out there. Yes. And it's beautiful, right? And then you know when you've done it for someone else. Right. Yeah. But I will tell you, I've been guilty of overreaching and had elderly <laughs> gentlemen show up. Oh, yeah, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I made him there. I saw this little old man, and I thought he, <laughs> I thought he looked, you know, I, I imagined him being lonely and on his own and blah, blah, blah. So I just asked him how he was, and we talked for God knows how long, a, a long time, and he showed up at my door. <laughs> I mean, I guess he forgot about COVID for a minute. <laughs> oh, this was recently? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how did that go, Simon? Uh, it was it was comical. Poor guy. I felt no, no. She, she, <laughs> too much information. No solicitations. No solicitations. <laughs> Poor guy didn't know what to hit him. <laughs> he scurried down the I had no step. idea who he was. I didn't oh. really got to look at him. But anyway. I think he had other stuff going on. Yeah, he was cooking or something. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so you might want to reach out, but keep you know, yeah. reach out in a way that doesn't make people think that they can- You want to invite them into your life. Yeah. Okay. So just say hi to some people. Be friendly about it. Yes. All right. That's the challenge. And then lastly, we do this where we flip the, we flip it around a little bit and you guys can ask a question of me if you'd like to. I Anything see. you want, free, free, uh, it's, it's open. It's open season. Really? And yep. you'll answer? I have many questions. I, I'm not saying that I'll be honest about the answer, but- well, um, so I'll be nice about it. Again, with your um, your partner mm -hmm. um, together. So, what's been the biggest challenge as a new couple who haven't lived together and yet you don't have any outside distractions? What's been your biggest challenge? That's a great question. I will say the first thing that comes to mind is it's just been very rewarding and just it's it's we both just thought gosh we made the right choice you're the right person i'm the right person this being pushed together during covid and like in this way is almost been every six months or th no we've been on lockdown for three months you know it's kind of like a year of regular being together because you know one person isn't going to work we're you know we're working at home all that kind of stuff uh so the challenges have just been more logistical than anything else like where am i going to work in the house where can i work where there's decent wi-fi because i've got a zoom call at the same time that you do you know that kind of thing finding out our 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 space right yeah what does she do for a living uh she has an agency here in la um they do um a lot of things in sports and music uh world with with some really fun clients
And right. let me ask you one other question. Now you see you've opened the door, you're going to regret it. You kind of how long had you been together prior to that? Uh, we've been together prior to that for four months. Wow. I know. I think though, I think though, before you judge, not you, everybody listening, before you judge too harshly, hopefully by the time you're in your mid forties and beyond, you kind of have an idea a little bit more quickly about what's going to work and what isn't going to work. The idea is that, you know, hopefully you're applying the lessons that you've learned, uh, you know, over the last 30 years or so of, of being with people. And so we both feel pretty confident that we did. So far, so good. Yeah, sounds like you found the right person. She found the right person. COVID's not easy for even couples who've been together a long time. No, and it's not always perfectly easy, but we're also not expecting everything to be perfect and seamless. You know, we, we have families, moving into a new city, and... COVID's going on, and even bigger, even more emotionally and psychically, uh, if you'll permit that, <laughs> flourish, uh, challenging has been the uprisal in America and around the world with you know police brutality and just the larger institutional racism that's coming out in such a big way. And it has been a challenge to not get depressed and I don't usually get depressed, but this one, this one's been hitting, hitting me, me really hard, which I know has made me a little bit more challenging to be with than, than usual. This uprising is long overdue. And this of course. Is so, so it's so tough emotionally. It's really, it's heart wrenching. So I get it. We've been very, it's, yeah. it's upsetting that how can this have been going on so long and how can, you know, everybody have just turned a blind eye in the way that our country right and including me you know i've considered myself a very passionate active activist for years and yet since i don't live and breathe it every day you know my my rage and outrage really feels pretty empty in in, in the rear view at this point you know so I've, I've had a lot of feelings of disappointment in myself you know why wasn't i more consistently active in this over the years yeah yeah. Anyway, not to be too much of a downer, everybody. Mulan's coming out. Um, <laughs> it could be a really good growth period, couldn't it? I mean, think, this is how things change, isn't it? I mean, hopefully, you know, things get better from here. We can't let up. That's the thing. This can't be right. seen, you know, a fad because then it will all have been for naught. It has to be ongoing. We have to educate ourselves. You have to educate yourself. Not feel guilty. Just you know watch have you seen 13 yet? i have not watched 13 yet oh, no stop. there's so many yeah i know i know it's it's on i literally have a list one of my favorite uh athletes nba basketball player named demarcus cousins he's played for the lakers yeah yeah uh, put out a uh, or maybe he just retweeted it, a gray list it's a list of films and documentaries and things so working my way down through that demarcus if you're listening you know really want you to get back out there soon <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of education to be done a lot a lot a lot i appreciate you both i appreciate your time talking with me rambling hither and thither and uh covering whatever we just covered so thanks for being on oh, we're grateful to you our daughter's probably so grateful that we're, you've got us out of her hair <laughs> great and welcome welcome to you both welcome to the super nice club you just got jumped in by being on the show 
you're now members, you know, okay. so uh, expect a delivery van with just all kinds of swag. Uh, oh, wow. any day. Well, yeah, no, like a big delivery van. We have, yeah. we have super nice club logo. Um, what do we got right now? I think they're Alfa Romeos. It was yeah. Aston Martins kind of ran out. Um, we have some super nice club paragliders. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? I don't do stick shift. So just, Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, yeah, there were Miatas and those are mostly sticks. So I'll make sure we take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will take care of you guys. Super nice club provides. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Look forward to uh, talking with you again. Thank you so much, Doug. Yeah, nice to meet you, Doug. So there you have it. A super nice conversation with Simon and Rosalind. And I got to be honest, something about that conversation, besides the fact that they're two really cool people, I, I, got, to, I got to see them. There's a video thing, the computers, they talk to each other. And I could just see that they were cool people, whereas you only have to hear that they're cool people. I got to see their cool clothes, their cool style. Ah, aspirational. But uh, something kind of bothered me about that podcast, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you what it is right now. I hope they're not listening. I really wanted them to meet on the set of Star Trek Next Generation. I really did. Even if it was just in like one of those escape pods or the shuttlecraft that always get, you know, shot down or... Even if it wasn't on the bridge or, or in the captain's chair, or you know, even if the relationship wasn't consummated in the captain's chair. Is that wrong? I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong at all. Science fiction is a, a fantasy genre. So anything can happen, that's all I'm saying. Beyond that, I just really thought that that was a great example of a couple who knows how to work together, live together, and just make it work. Just make it work. Why is it so hard to make it work? I didn't get any real answers. I didn't really get any big takeaways from those two. Why and how they made it 30 years. But uh, I can take a guess. And I'm pretty sure that you'll be on the same page with me, which is that uh, it's a Royal Shakespeare Company. You know, people in the Royal Shakespeare Company and in the Peking Opera, they just, they just know how to do better than the rest of us. You know, so when you get one from the Peking Opera, one from the Royal Shakespeare Company, they're going to be married for 200 years, you guys. Seriously. So good for them. Anyway, if you like my ramblings or babblings, I, you're a real special person and you should subscribe to the Super Nice Club podcast. Do it now. The Nice Work podcast. If you do so, I will. I'll pick up the phone. I will call you personally. I'll thank you. Provided that you leave your number. This is not a creepy pickup line. Just trying to personalize the, the business here. Working on it. Learning. Small business, all right? Uh, you can also find superniceclub.com. Find some really cool swag online at the website, right? Like the shirt I'm wearing now that you can't see that says, I believe in a nicer world. Because I do. Because we have to have one. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You can save 15% off right now with discount code. Ready? Ready? Discount code Star Trek. Uh-huh. Pretty cool. So if you're a Trekkie, how can you resist? All right, that's my best sales pitch. Anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. Really appreciate you. Appreciate all the members of the Super Nice Club. The world has got to be nicer, and that is our job and our mission every day and yours. Stay nice. Don't you want to be nice? Don't you want to be nice?